Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I am so excited. Today's episode is a fashion month recap. I only get to do these twice a year and they're so much fun for me. I kind of get to like brain dump after three to four weeks of constant traveling. Talk about trends I loved, interesting moments, things that I'm seeing in the fashion industry. So these are really fun for me to get to do. And I know that so many of you love them. So I'm excited to brain dump for all of you today after my three weeks of traveling. I was in New York for 10 days the first half of the trip, I was celebrating Aaron Lauder's 10-year anniversary of the brand Aaron, which was super exciting. And then the rest of the week was Fashion Week. Then I traveled down to Isla Holbosch, which is about two hours-ish away from Cancun for my cousin's wedding. And then I went from there and I traveled back up to New York and then across the pond to Milan. It was my first time ever in Milan. I was super excited to be there and be able to kind of meet face-to-face with so many brands that I worked through out my career with. I was a little nervous to go because people were either like, oh my God, Milan is such a weird city. It's such a business city. Or I would get people in the industry being like, it's the most fun week. The parties are the best. It's just really chill and you're going to love it. So I tried to go in with zero expectation. But again, it was so challenging when you have so many people giving me so many different opinions. It was truly such a great week. I loved being there. The vibe was definitely different. I've done Paris Fashion Week many times. I think I started going when I was around 22, which is like six years ago. And I loved going to Paris. Paris is just so incredibly chic. And I think anytime you get to be in Paris, it's an amazing trip anyways. So I was really used to doing that. I had done my fair share of Chanel shows, Dior shows. And I wanted to do something a little bit different this year. I really wanted to put myself out of my comfort zone in a place within the industry that I might not already have my footing in and network, meet new people and kind of put myself in this position to grow. It was definitely that. Milan is such a different ball game. And I was so grateful to have been welcomed there and see so many incredible shows and also just get to be with friends. We had so many fun nights and the food obviously was incredible. So I'm definitely well fed. I'm tired. The blisters on my toes are next level, but I'm so excited to be home. I was gone for a little over three weeks, so I am just thrilled to be back in my routine. I literally got home, went to the gym, went to my acupuncturist, went to the market, hugged my dog a thousand times. Oh my God, I sound so LA right now. I think this is live 2.0. I don't know. I'm going to enjoy it because I feel really good right now. I'm not going to hold any judgments for my routine post-plane, but I'm so happy to be back and just happy to be back in my routine for even just a short amount of time because I'm traveling again in the middle of October. 
Anyways, let's get into it. New York was so different than it's ever been. I think if you are following digitally, I think that that was really apparent. This year felt like a different arena. I think that now more than ever, New York Fashion Week is available and accessible to almost anybody. And that's what's interesting to me. I think we're seeing that like across the board with so many different things. Like I see influencers walk the red carpet at like the Venice Film Festival and the Cannes Film Festival and even Coachella. Like Coachella is a like open market for anybody who's a creator to go there and potentially work with a brand, make money, make it a business trip. And I think that New York Fashion Week is becoming that too. It's not just if you're in fashion. If you are someone on TikTok with millions of followers and maybe you don't cover fashion, you could be invited because if you sit front row and make something go viral, that's the biggest benefit to the brand ever. So it definitely felt different, but definitely like a more open field for creatives, which I kind of like. I actually remember pre-COVID, like three years ago, there were so many creators who I admire and look up to back then and still do that kind of like, quote unquote, had a lane. Like it wasn't fashion week. Like they weren't at fashion week. They weren't doing like high-end shows in Paris. And now almost three to four years later, they're there, they're working, they're creating amazing content. And while I think the old ways of thinking in fashion month or like fashion in general is that like it's exclusive, it's made just for people in fashion. I do really love seeing this like diversity of content, diversity of thought. Like I think fashion can get really like insular where it's like just the people in fashion are commenting on fashion and I want to see other opinions. So I know a lot of people from an outside perspective were at least saying to me that fashion week seemed really chaotic. Although it was, I think it was a slightly necessary chaos just to kind of bring in more different fields and opportunities and people. And there is one thing, though, that I will rebuke, which is that a lot of people are comparing this moment of TikTokers at Fashion Week to the same moment as bloggers at Fashion Week. And that was way back in the Bryant Park days. It was almost 10 years ago. Fashion Week was at Bryant Park. It used to be editors, only people in fashion and bloggers started to kind of penetrate the industry, take up the front row, a little history lesson for everybody. And they were not liked. Like it was not something that was accepted in fashion. But here we are 10 years later, people are comparing that moment of kind of disapproval to this moment of TikTokers taking over fashion week. That I disagree with because I think when bloggers were going to fashion week, bloggers like lived and breathed fashion. Like I remember following like Rumi Neely and Brian Boy, who are like still incredible people in the industry today. And they were there. They were diehard fashion people. They wore the clothes. They wrote about the clothes. They knew the history. In my opinion, seeing them there made sense. It was a further extension of the industry. This year with TikTok and all of that, I find that this feels a little bit different because I don't think that they're fashion experts or people who necessarily have a context when it comes to fashion. I think that fashion is for everybody and they are talking to everybody. And I think it's really important to have those people there to make the message louder. But for people that are kind of comparing those two, I just wanted to share my thoughts on that because I do think it's a different era. One that maybe was kind of allowing for more voices and thought and creativity in the fashion industry. And I think this is actually just making it more commercial, which is great for brands, especially coming out of COVID. I I really want to just support brands in any way possible. But yeah, it definitely feels like a new era. Like New York Fashion Week definitely felt more commercial than it ever has. I definitely saw that specifically to kind of give an example, the Dion Lee show, which went absolutely viral on TikTok. For me, Dion Lee is a brand, if you haven't seen the collection, 
please go check it out on Vogue Runway right now. And if you actually don't have the Vogue Runway app, download it. It's one of my favorite things that I have on my phone. You can see every collection, multiple close-ups. And of course, you get reviews by a dear friend of mine who writes them, who is an absolute genius. So go check that out. But so Dion Lee, I think I went to Dion Lee's, my first Dion Lee show was maybe three years ago. It was a season before COVID. So February, 2020. And it was my favorite shows, one of my favorite shows I've ever been to. I loved my look. I loved the collection. And I fell in love with Dion Lee for a lot of reasons. One, he's an Australian designer. So I, I, you know, if you were paying attention during that time where a bunch of Aussie brands were coming up and still are, he was definitely part of that wave. But two, his aesthetic. He has always stayed true to that aesthetic. It's always been very androgynous models. And if actually, if you go to Vogue right now and read the review, it talks about how he designs clothes with a very specific person and body in mind. And that vision is consistent from like design to clothes to runway. That vision has never faltered. Every season, it is like very implicitly Dion Lee. And this year was the first year actually that I saw it have mass appeal. If you guys want to hear a little bit more about this, the episode that we did two weeks ago with Coco Moco talks a little bit deeper into the androgynous trend that I think we're going to see a little bit more in fashion. But it was all over TikTok. And maybe three and a half years ago when I went to my first Dion Lee show, not a lot of people knew who he was. Obviously, we can like leave a little bit of room for just like growth and like the brand is growing and gaining in popularity. But to see it go absolutely viral on TikTok to me is like, okay, this is a moment where like nothing feels industry exclusive anymore. The entire world is open up to it. Maybe a brand that feels a little bit more niche is being appreciated on a wider scale. So again, I think good things. I think bad things. It's a double-edged sword in my opinion. I really love seeing fresh new faces in the industry. And I'm just curious to see how commercial New York Fashion Week will go. I think what's also really interesting about New York Fashion Week is that technically anybody could show. Like even if you're not on the schedule, like Boohoo and Kourtney Kardashian showed. I didn't see it, but I heard that the lights went out and it was really crazy. But it's kind of just this like open plate for anybody to take part in. Even if you're not on the CFDA schedule, you can still find a venue, invite people, invite TikTokers, invite in, like Instagram content creators. Like you can invite anybody and take part in New York Fashion Week and do whatever you want, which is, I think, another reason why I feel it's becoming really mass and more and more people are becoming interested in it. New York Fashion Week is a great opportunity to grow your brand. It's a great opportunity to show that you're a part of the industry, that you're interested to maybe make connections and start working with brands. I often get asked on DM all the time, like, how do I get into the industry? And how do I, you know, make my way into Fashion Week? And I think if you're doing it from a really honest place where you want to gain experience, like, you know, apply to be an intern, apply to work backstage, apply to work maybe for Spring Place. I know they always need interns during Fashion Week. Like, finding a way to make yourself useful versus like, oh my God, how can I just like sneak into the front row? I think those are all really great ways to be a part of it, especially now that it's getting better, bigger and there's just more opportunity. You know, Coco said on an episode, two, the two weeks ago episode, she was like, culture swings like a pendulum. So let's see what the other side of this like super mass kind of corporate commercial moment is. We'll be right back after a quick break. So when I was in New York, I had a little shoe problem. I didn't pack the right shoes, the right outfits. And I feel like this happens to me often. I'm sorry, I'm working on it. But there is a go-to solve that I use every single time and it never fails me. And that's stopping by a local Steve Madden. And while I was there, I saw something absolutely amazing. And I'm so excited to share these news that Steve Madden, your favorite footwear brand for over 30 years, has launched apparel. And the full collection is available to shop at stevemadden.com and retails all for under $140. It's such a steal, such a good bang for your buck. 
you can now get ready for any occasion and head to toe Steve Madden. The brand's got us covered from footwear to apparel, handbags, and accessories. And there are some amazing trends that they've included in the collection, like micro minis, satin shine, cutouts, utility, puffers, and so much more. Fall is all about the Tiffany boot and skin-tight booties. However, in true Steve Madden fashion, they took up the Western trend just a notch by incorporating vibrant colors alongside glitter and studs. It's so much fun. And the brand's trademark platforms and Mary Janes are also to not be forgotten, taking on new heights in both dresses and casual categories. This season, Steve Madden is getting ready and going out, and we're taking whoever wants to go and whoever's game for a good time. Wear Steve Madden out, wear it loud, wear it with everything, wear it head to toe. And don't forget to show us how you wear Steve Madden by hashtagging SMFall22. You can use code FRIEND20 at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Visit www.stevemadden.com. Use code FRIEND20 for 20% off your next purchase. Promo code excludes pre-order items. www.stevemadden.com. Use code FRIEND20 for 20% off your next purchase. Today's podcast is brought to you by Waterdrop. Do you feel like you get enough water every day? Sometimes it can be really challenging for me. I'm just not in the mood. I don't want to carry my big water bottle or I'm just not focusing on my health enough and I'm focusing on meetings, podcasting, shooting content, whatever it is. But let me tell you that drinking enough water is so important. It helps our bodies function properly and keeps our minds sharp. We all know that you feel better when you drink water, but sometimes you just need a little bit of a push, which is why Waterdrop has the perfect solution that encourages you to drink more water and kept me on track during my whole trip and more. It's also very sustainable, which I love. Waterdrop is small and convenient and effervescent cubes that add flavor, vitamins, and even caffeine to your water. I really love the Vibe flavor. It's refreshing with goldenberry, rosemary, and peppermint. But if you're not sure, you can get the value set with all of the flavors. I love that sustainability is at the core of their mission. Their packaging uses 98% less plastic and CO2 emissions than pre-bottled beverages. And they collaborate with the international organization Plastic Bank to have plastic bottles collected from the environment. They also have a ton of gorgeous glass and steel bottles and a lot of different beautiful designs that are so easy to carry with you. They fit in a cup holder, which is so important to me. And I love that they're just so easy to carry. Whether you're working from home or the office, in the car, or at the gym, Waterdrop has just become so easy to use for me. And I know you guys will love it too. Just drop one of the micro drink cubes into your bottle, wait a few minutes, and bam, you have a delicious drink that keeps you hydrated. Try Waterdrop and enjoy the benefits of drinking more water. Head to the Waterdrop website and get a special 15% off discount for listeners of the podcast. You can browse their large collection of micro drinks, glass and steel bottles, crafts, and more. Again, that's friend at waterdrop.com. Now let's get back to the show. My week was really different than it's ever been. I flew in on a Tuesday. I was there with Aaron Lauder for their 10-year anniversary. And then I worked on a Nike project for their panel series called Beyond the Court. It was amazing. Serena Williams spoke. But this year was so different for me because I actually didn't, didn't end up going to shows until the end of the week. I went to Tori and Michael Kors, which are on the Tuesday and Wednesday of the end of the week. So it was so interesting to kind of be watching from afar, be super busy with so much work, but not be kind of running around like I was used to. I think it was really like an introspective moment. I like to call these moments for myself like divine introspection. It's like something totally out of my control that like puts a light bulb in my brain and is like, huh take some perspective. Maybe it's like time to look at things differently. It was definitely a moment for me of that because of the fact that the first week was so work heavy. I was in my hotel room getting work done, preparing for these panels, podcasting, Forbes stories, doing all these things. And then the latter half of the week was a little bit more about taking part in fashion week. And I think it was one of those moments of like, oh, if you went to dinner and take a photo, didn't take a photo, did it really happen? And I hate that, that ideology, but I think in today's world, it's kind of hard to avoid. 
And so not kind of being a part of the week in the beginning was definitely felt that way. I felt like maybe I felt like I was missing out on things, even though I was working super hard. And so I think it was one of those moments where I had to take a step back and and think about some moments in my career, what's necessary, what makes me feel good, where I want to actually be versus where I think I should be. And I think we all have those moments in our career of having to kind of sit down and, and, you know, slightly spiral. And I think it's really quickly to get maybe insecure in those moments and think that you're not doing enough or compare yourself to others. I think Fashion Week is like truly a moment where like comparison is the thief of joy. But in those situations, if you're ever in them, because I feel like I recently was in them during Fashion Week when I was just busy, stressed, not eating enough, working too hard all over the place. It was easy for my brain to kind of go to all the worst places of like, why wasn't I here? Oh, but I was here, but I wasn't there, but I was also here. And my best advice for those moments and what was really helpful for me was just giving myself a little bit of grace, sitting down, not letting myself spiral, taking myself out of that. And it was actually really helpful for me to kind of write down. Joe Holder tells me to do this all the time. He, at the end of the day, if I'm ever like having a bad day, he'll be like, tell me your to-do list from today. Like, tell me everything that you accomplished today, big or small. You like cooked yourself breakfast. You finished a brief. You did a podcast episode, whatever it was. And he would make me do that. And he would say, look how much you accomplished today. Like, look how much you did on your own today. And so doing that practice throughout that week and realizing how much I was actually doing and not getting caught up in maybe what I wasn't doing or, you know, where I think I should be or things like that was so important for me and really helped me actually to allow myself to enjoy the week a little bit more. So definitely a different season for me between like a lot of behind the scenes stuff, a lot of like fun Forbes features and podcasting and a little bit more like work heavy versus show, 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 show. But I think these moments are super important in all of our careers. Everything needs to change. They need to evolve. They need to grow. It can't always be the same. And so I'm glad that I had that learning moment. And if I can share that piece of advice, I hope that it's helpful for you guys too. Some quick trends before I get into Milan that I definitely saw coming out of New York that I want to share. First of all, I think that skirts are still having a moment. I think ever since the Miu Miu micro skirt moment happened, you know, what goes up must come down. I think that I'm, I saw so many amazing like midi skirt looks, either ones that were like super intricate, like something from a Dries, like a print, a sparkle, or even something really simple, like a leather skirt with a white button down. That is definitely a look right now, like a matching set top and skirt moment. Seeing that everywhere. I love that too, because it's very easy and very put together. Throw on a skirt, again, the white button down moment. I think you look so refined and put together. Seeing that ever everywhere. So definitely invest in a good skirt. Doesn't just have to be a mini skirt too, because I'm not the biggest fan of a mini skirt. I don't like the way that I look in a mini skirt. So if you are afraid of that, go for something longer. That's definitely a trend. And I think anybody could pull that off at whatever height. Another thing I'm seeing, so many boho style bags. There's one that I was wearing all fashion week from Lueve that is white and like super floppy. And I'm obsessed with it. I have it linked on my Instagram. It's a little bit pricey, but it's a good investment. I feel like I'm going to have that bag forever. I saw Givenchy has quite a few of them. Definitely a trend, something that goes over the shoulder, a little bit kind of like bigger so you can hold a bunch of things throughout the day. I really did not like this like micro purse trend because like my phone couldn't even fit in it. And it drove me crazy because I hate holding my phone when I'm out. It like just kind of makes me not feel present. So again, this idea of like culture swinging like a pendulum, like the micro skirts, what goes up must come down. The mini bags, what goes small must get really big. So 
the boho bags, I think, are kind of the fashion solve for that. I want to hold a lot of things. I want to like go throughout my day and not have to like go back home and forget something. I want to hold my keys and like three lipsticks and my phone and a charger and whatever the hell else I want to hold in there. So invest in a boho bag. They're very cute. Loving them. I also am seeing this moment of really elevated basics. I'm kind of loving that the three trends that I've like seen are all just like incredibly chic and refined. While I can definitely be a maximalist sometimes and wear like colors and bold and like crazy pieces, I think that something I've talked about a lot on this pod is like elevating your everyday and making your closet like your dream closet and making sure that you're investing in good things. I'm like the queen of buying something that I love in multiple colors and buying like five of the same tank top that I love. And I'm such an advocate for that. And so seeing that these trends are coming into popular culture of, you know, a good white button down, a beautiful skirt, a boho bag that can carry everything in it. The next trend that I saw was just these really, really elevated, refined pieces. So think about maybe the Prada top that we've seen everywhere. It's a Prada white tank top with the Prada logo dead center of the shirt. It's basic but elevated in some way. And I saw it all over street style, even outside of the Prada show, people were wearing that tank. Obviously a pricey investment, but you know, with these basics, it's not just something that you're going to go to Aritzia and buy. I noticed that it's one step up. It's one step better than something that everybody else can get. That's definitely a trend that I'm seeing. I would say if there was one thing I saw consistently during New York Fashion Week, it was those Attico cargo pants. They are amazing. I even saw the designers in Milan and they were wearing them. They have them in every single color. They are a little bit more of an oversized fit. I would say they are straight at the top and then round a little bit at the bottom, which I think gives everybody a really interesting silhouette. They're a little bit of a thicker material. They're like a heavy duty. They're a real cargo pant. They're not like light linen, something you would wear at the beach, but they're in so many different colors. I think I saw them the most out of New York and Milan. Everyone was wearing them. And I think it just goes to say people want these elevated basics. People want something that they can put on with a white tee and leave the house, but still feel like they're part of the fashion conversation and elevating their taste level. Speaking of the Attico, let's get into Milan. Milan was a totally different world for me. Again, I had never been before. I had like, I've worked with so many Italian brands, but it was the first time that I ever kind of made my way over there. It was also the first time that all of the international borders were open again post-COVID. So Milan was on fire. Everybody was back. Everyone was there. Every brand was showing. Every brand was doing events. So it was fun. There was a lot going on, which was really exciting. I did, I went to the Brunello Cuccinelli presentation, Laura Piana's presentation, and I did Bali and Montclair. Super exciting. I was really, really excited to see Bali this year because Ruigi, who is the creative director and founder of Rude, LA-based designer who I love, I've known for a really long time, is now the creative director of Bali, which is a huge moment for the brand. The brand's actually Swiss, and it was their first time showing in Milan and first time actually doing a ready-to-wear runway show. So I loved being able to be a part of that energy. The energy in the room was, like, so exciting. I felt like every person who was in fashion behind the scenes was, like, ready to see what was there. Obviously, he had an amazing group of, like, celebs and influencers and stuff like that to celebrate him. So it felt really, really fun and fresh. This was just one of four designer debuts in Milan. So I think people were going to Milan with a really big sense of anticipation and surprise. No one really knew what would come from these four new designers. So 
Ruigi at Bali, Maximilian Davis at Ferragamo, which was huge for them, Marco de Vicenzo at Etro, and Filippo Grazioli at Missoni. I would say of all of them, Ferragamo really got so much love. The designer really elevated the brand in a new direction. I've been a Ferragamo like fan and partner for a really long time. And just to see how he took this like heritage brand, by the way, if you're listening right now and are interested to hear more about Ferragamo, I interviewed James Ferragamo on the show, I believe six months ago. It was really fun getting to talk to him about how this heritage Italian brand that's been around for years, decades, continues to innovate, continues to grab attention. And this was a perfect example of that. So go find that episode if you're curious and want to learn more about Ferragamo. There's so much history in that brand. And I'm such a big fan. But even more so now with a new designer, I think people were really like absolutely shocked and excited about this new collection. Maximilian was able to take some of the Ferragamo kind of heritage moments, like the horseshoe, and use it in really different ways, like a heel or it was a little bit more of a motif versus just a logo that was on pretty much everything. But it was so sleek, so refined. Again, like I was saying such a moment of like elevated simplicity. It wasn't this maximalist collection. It was like either these gorgeous, like all red kind of catsuit looks. The bags were in abundance, like bags on top of bags on top of bags. And it really was this kind of new era for Ferragamo. You could feel it. You knew that they were ushering in this new kind of design focused brand. And I'm really excited to see the future of Ferragamo right now because it's definitely a turning point for the brand. And I don't think we get to experience that that often. Obviously, I think everybody experienced it with Gucci and Alessandro Michelle when Karl Lagerfeld passed away with Chanel. I think, you know, we see these like landmark moments of a brand, a heritage brand dramatically changing. But I think we're seeing that right now with Ferragamo. So keep your eyes peeled on that because the collection was so damn good. And I'm really excited to see what comes. Overall, though, obviously new designers are a huge thing, but I think Milan this year was like all about the wow factor. Like who was going to give everybody the most wow? Like the first show of the week was Diesel and Diesel actually had Guinness World Record approved, signed, sealed, delivered, the largest inflatable ever in the history of the world. It was incredibly provocative. It was so big. It filled the entire room. Diesel is really having a moment with Glenn Martin's at the helm of Diesel. I think it's been a completely different brand. I think people are so just attracted to everything that he does. He's actually also the creative director of Y Project, which really grew in popularity a few years ago. So I think people are so interested in what he's doing. It's definitely giving Y2K vibes. And I think obviously that is still a trend that's going. People are loving it. And I think that that show obviously made major waves. It was an amazing way to kick off the week. Obviously, with this like major wow factor moment that was posted all over my Instagram. We'll be right back after a quick break. Have you tried Aloe Moves yet? If so, then you're already hooked like I am. Aloe Moves is the streaming on-demand yoga, fitness, and mindfulness classes from the wildly popular brand Aloe Yoga, and it has been transforming for me in so many ways. Aloe Moves wants everyone to get started for free, and you'll receive 30 days free with my discount so you can choose from thousands of classes and give it a try. I was just traveling for a month. And before that, I was so dedicated to my workout routine. I was nervous to travel and get out of it. But I actually downloaded the app on my phone and I had Allo Moves on my laptop. So in the morning, I would wake up and do an Allo Moves yoga class on my computer. Or if I had time to walk around the city, I love their walking meditations. They have a bunch of different timestamps. So you can do 
one for 15 minutes, one for 30 minutes, and it's really customizable to what you need for that day. So I'm loving this app and I know you guys will too. For those of you who haven't tried it, Allo Moves is the one-stop shop for everything wellness. You just need one app that has everything. You can do yoga from beginner to advanced, work up a sweat with bar and Pilates, mindfulness to soothe your busy mind with five-minute meditations, or self-care tutorials like gua sha and dry brushing. So clutch to have all of this just on your phone. With over 3,000 classes for every level and over 100 new classes every month, you will always have fresh content. It was recently voted Best Wellness App of 2022 by InStyle Magazine and called The Virtual Workout of Your Dreams by Glamour Mag. Join me and go to alomoves.com for 30 days free. And if you're loving it like I am and haven't signed up yet, Allo has extended 50% off for an annual membership with code FRIEND. That's 50% off with code FRIEND. Go to alomoves.com and let's get started. As the fall season starts to roll in, there's one thing that I cannot stand my dry skin, which is why I have been using the Kate McLeod Body Stone. It's my new favorite thing that I've added to my beauty routine and a must-have if you're someone that deals with dry skin or just wants to make your skin better in general. The Body Stone is a solid body moisturizer that glides on like silk and nourishes dry skin, leaving your skin visibly soft, supple, and glowing. It's a waterless formula that is concentrated with powerful natural ingredients for results that you can see and feel. My skin literally feels like butter afterwards. All you need is a few swipes for long-lasting moisture. By removing water from its formulas, Kate McLeod is able to create sustainable packaging, reduce its carbon footprint, and avoid some of the biggest culprits of waste in the beauty industry. The Body Stone actually uses a very innovative refill system, too, that is completely plastic-free. You can purchase a starter kit and refill over time with your favorite Kate McLeod Body Stones. And when used regularly, the Body Stone provides a welcome moment for self-care, even in the busiest of lifestyles. It's everyday magic. Everybody knows those showers that you have where you go in and you do everything and you come out feeling literally like a goddess. Well, part of my everything is using the body stone. I use it in the shower actually right before I shave and then I use it afterwards as well. And my skin is like butter. It feels so good and has honestly become the highlight in my self-care routine. From a magical application to sustainable packaging, the body stone is truly luxury redefined. Treat yourself to a moment of self-care. Use code FRIEND at checkout for 20% off your first purchase when you visit katemcleod.com. That's K-A-T-E-M-C-L-E-O-D.com. Now let's get back to the show. So you have that. You have four brand new designers. And then you have Gucci Twinsburg, which I wasn't at, but brought tears to my eyes even digitally. So I cannot imagine not being in the room. For those of you who didn't catch Gucci Twinsburg, it was so deeply moving. Basically, the show went like this. Rows and rows of people, obviously guests attending. The show starts. One person walks down. Typical fashion show, right? Everybody looking, though, everybody sitting was facing a wall of beautiful portraits of twins. But every person walking down was just a single person. Towards the end of the show, before the finale, the wall started to raise for the audience just to realize on the opposite side of the wall, the exact same show was happening with the other half of the guests and the person walking's twin. So there was a mirror show happening on the other end and nobody knew it. The finale of the show had the twins, had each twin meet each other and walk down together. It was incredibly emotional to watch. And most importantly to me though, were the brand's show show notes. It was a note handwritten by Alessandro Michelle about his, the impact of twins that have had on his life. His mother was a twin. He basically said that his whole life was doubled. And when he went to school, he used to say he had two mothers. And 
that his teacher would be really worried when he would say that. But it made him really proud because his mom and his sister had such a deep his mom and her sister had such a deep connection that nobody else could understand. They were they were mirrors of each other. They brushed their hair the same way. They ate the same way. And that was so influential for him growing up. And so the show paid homage to that. And it was so beautiful. Just I think show notes for me make a show like hearing a designer's influence and what really is where their mind's at, what they're paying attention to in the world right now and how that iterates into their work and then floods in popular culture. All of that is so important to me. So getting to read that and then see this like deeply moving show about love and about connection between twins was really amazing. So between, you know, Diesel, the new designers, this moment, and then of course, closing with Bottega, which I think was the, the brand's one of the most incredible collections. If you think, if at this point I haven't convinced you yet that elevated basics are the next big trend, go look at the Bottega show. He had Kate Moss walking down the runway in jeans, a white tee and a flannel, and it was being helmed as the chicest thing alive. So these elevated basics are having a moment. I loved the show. There was a yellow dress in there that was just so simple, but chic, elegant. The entire collection was designed and inspired by what women want to wear every day. And I totally related to that. It was like a beautiful white button down underneath a brown trench coat with the collar sticking out. And it was just so simple, so elegant, so beautiful and a phenomenal way to close out the week. I think people were really blown away by that collection and just how pointed, targeted and on the market was for, I think, what women want to wear today. For what people want to wear today. And I think also just an amazing culmination of this moment that I think we're seeing of really refined style. So Milan was fun. It felt joyful. It felt fun. Everyone was there. People wanted fashion. People wanted to be shocked and awed and entertained. I mean, even, you know, Versace closing with Paris Hilton. There was just so much going on. It was like constantly being in a really good movies. I think by the time this comes out, we're going to be in the midst of Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Miu Miu. So keep your eyes peeled on how good those collections will probably be. I'm back home taking some time off, but I'm, but I'll be watching from afar. And if you guys have any feedback or you want to talk about trends, moments, please DM me. You know, I obviously love to talk and I would love to chit chat with you guys about things going on in the fashion industry. Something I heard recently is that LA is about to have a fashion week. I know Ralph Lauren is actually showing here on October 13th. So I think LA is about to have a, a, a small moment, which is exciting. I always think that there's a lot of incredible designers based in LA that are well deserving of their moment and flowers. So I'm excited to see any of that. So I'm excited to see that and potentially take part in it, be able to support some designers that I love. But after that, after, after six weeks of fashion week, I think we can call it a day. As always, my DMs are open if you guys want to talk or you have any questions. Someone actually, also, if you guys are looking for any of the trends I was talking about and you need styling help, shopping help, please feel free to reach out. I love doing that. And I'm really happy to share some of my favorites and things that I'm shopping right now. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you loved today's episode and learned a little something new. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you listen to your pods and make sure you follow, rate, and leave us a review. Thanks for tuning in and have an amazing week, everyone. See you next week.
Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.